You're listening to UCW Radio. In your face. What we got here is a failure to communicate. Oh, have I got your attention now? Read, for lack of a better word, is good. You know what I mean? Money to be made in a place like this. Money never sleeps, pal. You're crazy. Don't run when you lose. Don't whine when it hurts. You know what it takes to sell real estate? It takes brass, 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 brass. I'm falling, and I can't get up. All right, welcome to Money Never Sleeps, a show where we touch on everything and anything that impacts the flow of money from around the corner to around the world. And I want to thank you for taking the time to join us today. And as I've been mentioning all week, uh, we are working on making Money Never Sleeps a daily show. And we're not just going to be touching on uh, current events and uh, the ups and downs of uh, particular stocks, but we're also going to be putting a spotlight on companies that may be of interest to our listeners. Some may be public, some may be private, uh, but they'll be in industries of industry, uh, of, uh, of interest to our listeners. Uh, not all spotlights will be favorable, but you know they will express my opinion on the company or industry. Now, today we're going to be touching on uh, gold and oil, as well as the $15 per hour minimum wage ruling in New York that, uh, well, that may be coming on the pike soon enough in New York. Now, before we uh, get into that, uh, make sure that you uh, take the opportunity to check out Super Rich on CNBC. And this is where, you know, they take you uh, behind the scenes. They they give you a sneak peek into the lives of the uber, super-duper wealthy. And it's a wild ride. It's a pretty cool show. And, hey, it may inspire you to want a little more and uh, to kind of push push the envelope on your end uh, to get that quadrillion-dollar uh, car. Uh, but from mansions and cars to the uh you know, to food and travel, uh, they have it all, and the super rich team uh, really, really delivers the goods to their viewers. So it's definitely worth a watch. Uh, you know, you can go to CNBC and find out when it comes on. Also, take the time uh, to show your support for a true warrior, a true Wonder Woman, and Lynn Tillen. Uh, she's the she's an entrepreneur amongst entrepreneurs. Uh, she's the epitome of the American dream. She built an empire from nothing and created close to 700,000-plus jobs here in the United States since inception. And she, keep, she, she keeps Americans working. And she kept manufacturing in this country. There were some, some of her companies were actually going to go out of business or go overseas. And she, uh, she went in there and kept them here. And, and they're, they're, uh, they're flourishing right now and keeping people working. So you can find out more about what she's done and what she's doing at SheForAll.com. That's SheForAll.com. Now, uh, I want to start off uh, with gold. Um, look, you, know, you have so many people trying to point the finger uh, on geopolitical situations that is, that's driving gold down, while others are blaming a strong dollar, inevitable uh, Fed hike, uh, and, and a number of other things, you know, whether it's China, Russia, this, that, you know, uh, Iran, you know, they're, they're pointing the finger all over the place. Uh, let me just put my own spin on it. And again, this is the way I view it. Uh, I've been involved in the physical gold arena for many years, and I'm not talking about trading futures. 
Okay, I'm talking about the physical gold. So it's you know me being in that arena has given me a greater insight into the gold markets. Uh, firstly, as I mentioned on Twitter yesterday, the perceived value of gold is not what it used to be. And meaning that for a very long time, sovereign nations hoarded gold as as a backing, uh, you know, for their currency. Uh, the U.S. did that, you know, until they came until we came off the gold standard. Uh, but you know that that was perceived to be of true value, of you know, backing the currency or above currency or as a backup. Uh, so look, most countries did this, and then. Um, as you can see, the reasoning for hoarding gold really isn't doing anything for these countries at this point. The world is getting smaller, debt is climbing, and the Stone Age is over. Uh, we're in the digital age. And, you know, you, you can see more value in technology than in gold. And that's a fact. Uh, now, I'm not, I'm not saying that gold is going to drop like a rock and go to nothing. No, not at all. Not at all. But what I am saying is that it, it's, it has, it can, and I see it drifting down way, way below uh, where it is today. Because that perceived value is, is, again, is not there, in my opinion. And honestly, I think that gold will have a greater use in computers and, and other hardware and in the luxury as as a luxury item than as backing a currency so i think that we're going to see um and we're going to see some something really happening uh in, in the uh in the gold arena you know as you know people begin to wake up you know gold was little under uh, 1100 dollars per, per troy ounce today and uh look if we saw gold Drop into the eight hundred dollar range. I know no one wants to hear it, but I'm again. This is what this is what I see. Uh, but if we saw it drop into the eight hundred dollar range um, as a start in two thousand fifteen, I would not be shocked at all. You know, and he goes he goes some interesting information. You know, it cost it costs I don't know between three maybe four hundred dollars to extract one ounce of gold out of the ground I'm not talking about alluvial gold I'm talking about gold out of the ground that they're digging and mining okay so the miners you know then they're, they're not going to be they're not going to be as um, as impacted as the media is saying of course you know they're they're going to lose i mean if gold is is down from 1600 to 1100 to a thousand dollars per troy ounce yeah they're losing on that end but it, you know but they're losing that excess you know they're, they're just not going to get as fat um as they they've been that's all that's that's, that's the difference so you're not going to see the uh the profits as high as they were but as far as them losing money um as long as they're extracting the gold and it's coming out of the ground, you know, I don't see them being at a loss, you know, unless they overextended themselves way too much, which is possible. But, again, I, I don't run those companies. I'm just giving my opinion on what I see. And, and I know, you know, the cost with extracting gold out of the ground. And uh, basically, again, you know, uh, do I see gold uh, bouncing up as some people think? Uh, no, I'm not that much of an optimist. I'm more of a realist, and I again I see what's happening on a global scale. So you know, again, if it came down to eight to 
to the uh, within the $800 range, I wouldn't be shocked. And I'm not talking about overnight. I'm talking about, you know, uh, you know, at some point uh, during this, the course of 2015. And again, you know, if gold is being utilized in computers and other other components and and uh, and other um, other hardware, you know, there's there's still a need for the commodity. So it's not like it's disappearing. I'm just I'm just you know I'm just giving uh, a view of the use of uh, the metal. Now I want to get into oil, and uh, honestly, you know, oil is a crapshoot. Uh, with the U.S. extracting oil on a massive scale, fracking in motion, and supply growing globally, especially if the deal happens with Iran and they get into the game again, uh, you're going to have more oil out there and it becomes a supply and demand situation. So, um, you know, basically you can kind of, you know, put the pieces of the puzzle together. The refineries, you know, they don't really lose on this bet, uh, even though you think they may, you know, because no matter what oil's price that, their main job is to, is to create various classes of petroleum products. And that's what they do. They refine the oil, they make these different classes of petroleum pro- pro- products, such as gasoline and so on and so forth. Um, they make a profit off of this and not on the sale of the actual oil. Um, so, you know, that again, the, the impact on them may not be as great, but I need to add this, you know, cause what the refinery specializes in makes a big, a really big difference in their survival because refineries are set up to do a particular process. And if the product needs to change or the oil that's coming in, uh, is a different grade of oil, then, you know, then the refinery has to change, and that is very costly. So that is one of the caveats as far as the uh, refining business goes. If if uh, the oil, the grade of oil is different, uh, the refinery has to be set up to refine that type of that grade of oil. If it's not, it won't be able to refine it. So that that's that's the big thing with refineries. But if they are equipped to refine certain oil. Then you know, and there's a, there's an abundance of it. Uh, they'll be fine. Okay, so I just need to add that so you understand how that works. Uh, and look, I won't speculate as to where oil will drift to. Uh, but if I had to take an educated guess, then I'd say uh, it being way south of forty-five dollars a barrel would not shock me at all if that happened this year, even going into the winter months. You know, it wouldn't be a shock to me. So, but anyway, so that, that's my view on gold and oil and, uh, what I want to do, um, well, what, what, what we're going to do right now is we're going to take a quick break and when we come back, I will be talking about the minimum wage hike in New York and what impact I think it will have overall. So, uh, stay with us. We'll be right back with you on Money Never Sleeps. Hi, everyone. John and Pete Najarian here at the NASDAQ with some news you do not want to miss. As option floor traders, CNBC contributors, and co-founders of OptionMonster.com, people always want to know our secrets for trading the options. So we wrote an entire book on it. And today, to celebrate the book launch, we're giving away a limited number of these books for free. All you have to do is cover shipping and handling. 
Learn how you can use options like we do to make more income with less capital. To reduce your investment risks. And to make money regardless of which way the market's moving. It's all right here in this book, and today we're giving it away to you for free. Equity options today are hailed as one of the most successful financial products to be introduced in modern times. You have to learn to profit from them. This one book could dramatically increase your investment returns. And today it's free. So pick up that phone and call now. Call 1-800-961-1923 for your free book. That's 1-800-961-1923. Call now. This is Chef Gavin Murphy with your one-minute healthy cooking tip. For all my fellow fitness freaks out there, eating lean, high-protein meats like chicken, turkey, or even pork loin is part of our everyday diet. I get asked all the time, how do I make chicken breast juicy and not dry and overcooked? This is how. Season the breast with salt and pepper and sear in a drizzle of olive oil in a hot pan until golden on both sides. Preheat your oven to 400 degrees and place the breasts on a foiled oven tray. Pour one cup of chicken broth on the tray and pop it in the oven for six to seven minutes. What's going to happen is the broth will create steam in the oven while the chicken is cooking and add moisture to the meat. And that's my secret. Also, very important, guys, once you take the chicken out of the oven, let it rest for three to four minutes, and this will also keep all the juices in the breast. For more tips and information on me, go to my site, GavinMurphy.com. And we are back on Money Never Sleeps. The topic for this half of the show is the inevitable minimum wage hike in New York. And I want to lay it out for you, uh, the good and the bad as I see it. Now, the proposed minimum wage hike is uh, $15 an hour. Now, I say proposed, but look, the reality is this is happening. I mean, it's proposed, it's done. I mean, this is like a done deal. It's just not done, done, but it's done. It's as done as you're going to get. Uh, this is, uh, this is, I mean, the, there's not much that's going to stand in the way. That's the whole point. That's why I say it's done, done because, you know, I mean, look, you have, uh, you know, New York governor Cuomo, he's already uh, doing a celebration dance, uh, since, uh, you know, this happened, uh, at some point today. Uh, you know, and the reason being is that this was high up on his agenda since he took office and this is a victory for him and his office. So this is supposed to be a this is supposed to be phased in over a couple of years and it's right now it's solely for the fast food industry. And that's that's important because and you know they they were able to push this through because they targeted a specific industry and they had the leaders in a specific industry on board with this. So they didn't have to get certain approval. Um, so they were able to fast track everything and, and really make this happen, which is really interesting. It's a, pol- it's a political thing and that's a little bit above, uh, what, you know, what, what I deal with. I'm not going to get into politics on this show. And now it's, uh, again, solely for the fast food industry and it's only for those companies that have over 30 locations. So that includes, uh, your McDonald's. Burger King, Wendy's, Dunkin' Donuts, I'm assuming, Starbucks, Chipotle, Panera Bread, and the list goes on and on. There there are a number of them. Now, 
the uh, the good part of this is that it will allow fast food workers at one of these chains to earn a livable wage. The minimum wage now uh, is kind of is kind of sad, especially in New York. You know, with everything being so high, uh, it, and it does force some of these workers to have to, to to have to also rely on welfare. You know, you have a job, but then you have to go on welfare because you can't afford to buy food or, or, or pay your rent and so on and so forth. But meanwhile, you're working. So that's crazy because you want to work. You have a job, but you still need welfare because you can't afford to live without it. You know, so, you know, when you can't afford to pay the skyrocketing rents, feed your family, and, and yeah, you know, this is just over the top, over the top. So for that, I'm all for this. Giving workers an opportunity to use, you know, a minimum wage job as a catapult to something better as opposed to being stuck due to the low wages, I'm, I'm all for that. You know, kudos to uh, Governor Cuomo for making this happen and pushing this through. All right, it, it is a big victory for uh for for the everyday man or woman you know the uh the person that is that that's working at a fast food chain that's not looking to stay there forever but using that as a vehicle because maybe they're going to school maybe they're doing something else to get a trade and that's just a pit stop while they move forward and it's 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 a hell of a lot better than going and uh, just solely relying on welfare they're actually trying to do something and i commend them for that and i can you know again kudos to Gov- governor cuomo for making that happen now let's move on to the business part of this now the big fast food companies will have a chunk of their earnings impacted potentially uh by this so this may mean increased prices for consumers could happen uh, so the dollar menu may be a buck and a half when it's all said and done in New York. But I have to assume that the state will give some type of tax incentives to kind of soften the blow for the fast food chains. Uh, so maybe it'll offset some of the, uh, you know, some of the costs. I don't know. Um, but, you know, it is possible. Now, this is the bad news. And it's for the franchisees. And, and I feel for them. Because whether they own one or twenty, keep in mind they don't own. You don't have one person owning everything. So you may have one guy that that saved up enough and was able to actually go and get a franchise. So whether they own one or twenty, it doesn't matter. They're all getting clumped together into the same pile. So there's no escaping it. So let's just paint this picture, okay? Uh, you let's say you're a Joe owner and you have one McDonald's franchise, and your neighbor. Your best friend, okay. He's making as much as you and doing, bringing in as much revenue in his business as you are, okay. But your 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 best friend, Jack owner, he has a fast food joint doing as well as you your places, but he you know he's he's a he's in a fast food chain with under thirty locations. Well, the McDonald's franchisee will get hit with that fifteen dollar per hour minimum wage. While for the time being, his best friend won't. So that that's that's why that's why I feel for the franchisees that may have one or two, and they're getting clumped in with everyone. So I don't know. I mean, this, this is the way it is. This is this is what's happening. So what this potentially can do is hurt a lot of these franchisees. It may it may force them to hire less workers. 
to keep the course down. Uh, you know, again, we don't know what's going to wind up happening. All right. Now, listen, these large fast food chains, they're, look, they're money-making machines. There's no doubt about it. No one can debate it. They've been making money from investors for a long time. And they're able to absorb the minimum wage hike. And that, that's, that's fine you know, if you're giving people uh, a livable wage. But, again, we're touching on the business part of it. Investors in the stock itself, well, you know, I, I mean, I'm talking about institutions, individual investors. They may not see the profits that they're accustomed to if, uh, if states don't offset the hike with tax incentives or, 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 or if the workforce isn't trimmed down or something. Again, it, this is all possible. Uh, and this is only the beginning, uh, and, and I promise you that legislation won't stop until, you know, there is an across-the-board minimum wage in New York for every industry. And I'm sure that this will, will set the tone for the rest of the country. I, I know certain states have implemented this already, but for New York to do that, you know, look, the, the reality is New York is the gold standard, so for them to do that in New York, uh, it'll set the tone for a lot of other states, I promise you on that. All right, and uh, before I close out the show, uh, what I want to do, I want to piggyback on yesterday's show by mentioning that Twitter's Periscope, they made the announcement that they're looking to initiate landscape broadcasting. And I was talking about it yesterday on the show, um, the... the um, the well, what Periscope can be used for and how it can be a benefit for the media outlets, uh, for celebrities, for musicians, and having this um, this landscape broadcasting is pretty cool. Uh, that means that the live streams will be able to be seen on television sets properly, as opposed to just a third of the screen in the middle because you have to hold your uh, your phone, uh, your mobile device upright, and that's the way it films. Okay, but now they're going to change it. They, they're not going to get rid of the, the live um, broadcast. They're adhering to that. They're not allowing you just to record and that's it. You have to broadcast live. And that's the whole purpose of Periscope. Real time. You connect with people in real time. So that's what they're looking to do. So if they, if they offer this as an option, it will be a game changer for the media. Uh, for sports broadcasting companies and so much more. And it will begin to be a game changer, as I said yesterday, for Twitter itself. Everybody is um, talking about Twitter being taken over and all this other jazz. Look, I'm, I'm just over it. Uh, I don't see Twitter getting taken over. I think it would be a ridiculous move because they're they're on they're on the they're on the cusp of doing something great. They made a great acquisition with Periscope. They make a couple of other good moves, and then they're back in the game. Okay, and also another big victory victory uh, in New York was for Uber in New York City. Uh, the city was trying to curb the growth of Uber due to the environmental concerns. This is what they said. Uh, I think it was more of the fact that yellow yellow cab medallions cost close to a million bucks. Um, so, but that was their uh, they were leaning on that. The, the environmental concerns with so many cars on the road that was a big thing. Uh, but either way, uh, at the midnight hour, they agreed to a four month study of the environmental impact of all the additional cars on the road. 
and they will not limit the number of Uber cars that can join their force, which is a good thing. And we talk about jobs. You talk about people working, you know, and I'm going to go back to someone like Lynn Tilton who is actually who's actually creating jobs in this country. You have other entrepreneurs that are creating jobs in this country, which is fantastic. These new tech companies are creating jobs. They're hiring people. They're 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 getting office space. You have even Tesla doing, you know, they're growing their 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 business. And then also, you know, people talk about, you know, no jobs out there. If you if you have skilled labor, you know, you have you have uh, companies like Boeing that's, that say that they, they're, they're, they're going to need so many engineers, so much, uh, so many workers to work on, on the next generation of, of aircrafts. You know, so the, the jobs are there. You know, you just have to have the skills for them. And there more jobs are being created. Okay. And Uber, uh, what they're doing is they're allowing uh, individuals the opportunity to either supplement their income or build a business, you know, via Uber. All right, and, and listen, for me personally, after after getting ripped off by a yellow cab at JFK not too long ago, I mean, like I got ripped for about a a, a buck and a quarter for a sixty dollar ride. Okay, yeah, I wasn't happy about it, but at two o'clock in the morning, well, I just wanted to get home and just relax. Um, but and the thing is, where are you going to find a cab at 2 o'clock in the morning? Okay, well, if I had Uber, maybe, just maybe, it would have helped me with that dilemma and helped me solve it. So I think that was a good good deal uh, with Uber, keeping them in motion, because I think that, again, you, you ha- we don't live in a stone age. We live in a digital age, and this is the future. You have Uber, you have Lyft, you have these companies that are changing the game. And that's what, that's what it's about. You gotta, we got to change the game. You know they're they're having the in in Michigan uh, I believe in Detroit they're creating a uh, um, a town that they'll just have solely you know the uh, you know the self driving cars and that's going to be pretty cool and I'm sure they're going to add more components to that town to test all the new technology and that's going to be pretty. That's, that's going to be pretty great because, you know, sooner or later, uh, all this stuff will be implemented. And, you know, what Uber, and just let me just go back to Uber uh, real quick, uh, what Uber was saying, it was either Uber or Lyft, but they were saying that uh, the millennials, that uh, in the next five years, a lot of millennials won't even have cars because you'll have a service like Uber or Lyft to actually uh, travel around. So that's interesting within itself. Okay, so anyway, that that's about it for this episode of Money Never Sleeps. As always, you can listen to the past shows on MoneyNeverSleepsRadio.com. And if you have any topic requests or any questions or anything, feel free to email us from the website or go to Twitter or, you know, uh, it's, it's, you can easily reach out to me if you have any comments or if you have any suggestions or anything. And I, and I, I listen to, I listen to our, I listen to our listeners. How do you like that? Cause we, you know, we do this show, uh, for you. Okay. And that, and again, that's about it for this uh, episode of Money Never Sleeps. And I hope that all of you have a profitable rest of the trading week. And we'll be back with you uh, tomorrow with another show. Initiating shutdown sequence. You're listening to UCW Radio in your face. What is your major malfunction? So let it be written. So let it be done. Ladies and gentlemen, my mother thanks you. 
My father thanks you. My sister thanks you. And I thank you. All opinions expressed by Louis Velasquez on the Money Never Sleeps radio show and its website are solely his opinions and do not reflect the opinions of the UCW radio show or their parent company or affiliates and may have been previously disseminated by him on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed by him as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his opinion. His opinions are based upon information he considers to be reliable, but neither the UCW radio show nor its affiliates, parent companies, and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. The UCW radio show, Louis Velasquez's affiliates, parent companies, and or subsidiaries are not under any obligation to update or correct any information provided on the radio show or on the website. His statements and opinions are subject to change without notice. No part of his compensation from the UCW radio show is related to the specific opinions he expresses. Please read the full disclaimer on MoneyNeverSleepsRadio.com.